When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner football and part of that is you know with him being in there that the defense expecting some of the some of the runs so some of the other things opened up but um yeah we're gonna have to ride this guy he's he's a good player not that we don't have um confidence in alexander madison because we do he had some good runs he just didn't get a lot of opportunities yesterday so um you know each week will be a little bit different we'll see how it goes this next week uh as we as we get ready for the lions mike zimmer talking about his uh, amazing and uh, possibly best running back in the nfl dalvin cook the vikings did not make a trade yesterday how do we feel about that also some drama in green bay and we'll talk about how we consumed last night's election as it was playing out and it's still playing out plus write that down predictions and a wrap with our friend patrick Royce. but a quick shout out to federated federated mutual insurance company has been supporting local businesses in the state of Minnesota for over 100 years. In short, they give you peace of mind. They give you frontline protection, whether it's a pandemic year like this or whether it's just, uh, I don't know, any other year that isn't an election and a pandemic and all these things converging on you and your business at once. Federated stands behind business owners. They measure their success based on the success of the businesses that they partner with. So find out more information at federatedinsurance.com or follow them on Twitter. I should say and or follow them on Twitter uh, at Federated INS for fresh, relevant risk management content on a variety of topics. Federated Insurance, where it's always our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Welcome in to the show, Mackie and Judd, where we are... Uh, we're digesting everything that happened yesterday. A little sleep deprived is what we are. Yeah. Doom scrolling. Some of you doom scrolling. I have a Some bad of you maybe habit. glee scrolling on Twitter last night. I have a I, I have gotten out of control when, when it comes to jumping in bed and saying, I'll take one more run yeah. through the old Twitter. <laughs> and know. honest to God, six hours later. Constantly, consistently, <laughs> two and a half hours after I say that, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm wide awake now, but I probably should go to bed. It's two in the morning. And so, uh, yeah. So if you if you were like us and you were uh, you were captivated by all the coverage last night, um, and you think we're talking about the election, we're actually talking about mm-hmm. Major League Baseball's Gold Glove Awards <laughs> that were given out last night. That's I right. Watched the entire show. Did you? Yes. Are you actually? I you, watched what? the entire Gold Glove show. 
I did not start. You and and Rob Manfred. I did not delve into the election coverage until I got into bed at approximately 1045 last night because there was no reason to watch the rest of it. Like it was way premature. And so I watched the entire Gold Glove show. Byron Buxton was robbed. Okay. Can we talk about this for a second? Major League Baseball. We've been we've been very hard on Rob Manfred the last twelve months. He lacks innovation. He lacks foresight. He lacks the ability to build a great relationship with the players. Unlike he's not the NBA. a good leader. He's a terrible commissioner. Okay. Yes. So yep. of all the things you can rip Rob Manfred for, yep. and not not punishing the Astros players, and like by the way, the managers that are, that were punished are now just like back in the league. AJ Hinch and. Alex Cora is going to get a job again back with the Red Sox. So he didn't even punish the players. Of all the things you could rip Rob Manford for, where does running the Gold Glove Awards on election night and NFL trade deadline day rank for you guys? I mean, come on, dude. You're fired yesterday. Yeah, I mean, everything he does is just, for the most part, goofy, right? So, yes, it was a bad move. First of all, I had no idea until I think you sent a note out, a text out last night, Phil Mackey, that it was going to be on. All right. But in Manfred's world, it made perfect sense. Hey, here's a here's how? a postseason award. Let's bury it because this is just what he does. But why? Well, why? How does it make sense? What do you mean it makes sense? It makes sense. It makes sense to me that Rob Manfred would choose to do something that seems so dumb. But it doesn't like but I get, everything he does. I, I, he's setting precedence for I am an ineffective, bad, for the most part, often dumb, short sighted commissioner. So, like, what at what point in time do you just say that's a Manf- Manfrodian move? I mean, you literally could have chosen any number of like any one of 364 other days of the year to do this. Maybe, I know. maybe with the exception of a couple but of I'm days, asking but I'd you, stay away from NFL draft day. Maybe, knowing but. what you know about Rob Manfred, are you that surprised? Because I'm not by now. I no. guess I guess it doesn't surprise me that it would like that somebody would make the decision and that he would not because obviously he's not the one like making TV schedules and right. stuff, but but he's the one that oversees the marketing of the league and everything. But like he he would have been better off. This is gonna sound crazy. He would have been better off holding the Gold Glove Award presentation and you know, it's again, it's not like it's not that big of a deal. It's not your free agency. It's not your World Series. It's not one of your like five most uh, watchable products, but it's a thing. It's a way to, on a dead Tuesday night, any other time of the year, to yeah. grab people's attention in like December or something. Yep. He would have been better off running it up against the Super Bowl than up against election night last night. It's Rob. Think about that. It's Rob Manfred. <laughs> Welcome to his world where yeah. things that don't make sense only make sense to him. Oh man! So, but uh, I watched the entire thing. So, Buxton got snubbed. Is the headline of this? Maeda got snubbed. Play more than five Buxton got snubbed. How how does Kenta Maeda become a finalist and Jose Barrios is not a finalist for a Gold Glove? Jose Barrios is one of the most fine fielding pitchers I've ever seen. This was all done, all done based on fielding statistics, though. Yeah, because they didn't. Yeah, they didn't play. Managers didn't play each other. That's how it should be. Actually, it's actually more accurate if they use fielding statistics. I believe the Mariners had two infielders win. Full disclosure. And I talk about sports, and I consider myself to watch lots of sports, right? I had not heard of either guy. J.P. Crawford, I think, was a top Phillies prospect for a while. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now he's just and, their first ba- and, and their rookie first baseman won the gold glove. Good for him. And I don't know who he was. 
And I'm not kidding you guys, which is embarrassing. Clearly didn't help the Mariners that much. This no, season. he did not. No. But you know what? They were a good defensive <laughs> club. Damn it. So uh, so we'll get to write that down predictions in about 20 minutes. We're going to welcome our old friend, John Harrison, who has uh, he's in need of a couple predictions to get out of the cellar and write that down. He'll join us. But so I, I know that our our Mackie and Judd audience, you guys who listen on a regular basis, that you guys consist of. It's it's whether whether you support Joe Biden or Donald Trump, like we get that there are people in our audience that voted for either one of those two candidates last night. And this show has been sort of a common ground and uh, that we're all we're all here every single day as tormented Minnesota sports fans. And so mm-hmm. I have no desire in getting into a deep political discussion with you guys uh, because the community that we share is inclusive of all different political backgrounds and sports fans. But what I do want to know is how you guys consumed the election coverage last night. Were you drinking? Were you alone? Were you, how late did you stay up? Like, how did you guys, and I think like most people who listen to this show know that we're, we're not exactly in love with the current president's way of going about certain things, but we still welcome people to the show that disagree with us. So from, not from a political standpoint, but just from like a human being standpoint, how did you guys consume the coverage last night? Well, I consumed some beers. I consumed um, quite quite a few beers. Uh, I started off, I decided I was not going to start to watch the coverage itself at like six because it's like the, it. here's the great thing about sports to me. Sports is life lessons in real things, okay? So to be clear, sports is not important in the big picture. But sports teaches you you things. One is the Super Bowl has a pregame show that never bleeping ends. And if you say to yourself, coming up today at 9 a.m., some chef is going to teach you how to get your pregame spread ready for a game that kicks off at 5.18 p.m. And we're going to break down the spread and the game. And we're never going to shut the bleep up. And we got more graphics and charts than you would ever need in your life. So what sports has taught me is there is there is a lot of frivolous coverage that even if you're the most diehard sports fan, you don't need to watch, right? So if Fox News or CNN or MSNBC started probably at like 5 or 6 our time, all right? They are literally talking for the sake of talking because they, they know, like with big-time pregame shows, that people are coming to them. But they have nothing to offer me. Zero. So I watched the Gold Gloves. Uh, be awarded. Dude, I, that is I, bravo to you, man. That hilarious. is sports. Yeah. I watched the man. entire thing out, out wow. of principle. I ignored it. I watched. Screw you, baseball, for trying to run this on election <laughs> and and NFL trade deadline day. For God's sake, I watched a thirty for thirty uh, brief on on the nineteen sixty nine. I believe it was college football championship, which was actually awarded by Nixon. <laughs> Via, I, via mail or in person? Uh, <laughs> Absentee? No, hell no. Big college football fan. Very much in person, Phil Mackey. Uh, and then I went and watched uh, some of my favorite show, L&O. Uh, I watched Law & Order for a couple of hours. Wow, that's, that's a nice little for, bit of foreshadowing. Classic. I went to Peacock, I think, and found some streaming. Uh, long story short, I got in bed around 10.45 or so. Or so, uh, I got in bed with my telephone and went on Twitter, and I consumed the coverage until, again, this is my fault, 2 a.m. I love it so, on Twitter. So you jumped in because I feel like everything had sort of come to a halt in terms of, hey, we're not going to be counting really many more ballots. We're not going to get many more. Around like 10:30 Central Time yes. is when it was determined. 
the next major round of results and counting is probably going to be like at five in the morning. Right. So Wisconsin and all that. You're right. So you jumped in after all of that and yes. just consumed like because them calling the post game reaction. Yes, to because the, to the first half because again. I don't care. I don't care about what people have to say. I want. I'm. I am the sports fan. I am the casual political fan, which is the casual sports fan. Hey, what's the score? Well, right now, uh, Patriots have the ball. It's the first half, and they're. Dr- I don't care about that. No, no, no. Don't. I don't care. What's the score? Well, I think the one thing that so, so I, you're calling I, states. I don't care. You're calling states. That's great. I started watching it like three in the afternoon. See, that's that's you. While yeah. I was tinkering on some admin work. And, and then I didn't go to bed until like one o'clock in the morning. So I literally sat there for like whatever ten hours. And did, and did, just did you watch it. coverage? The I entire flipped time? around that's multiple what I channels. Do. I will say the guys who like John King on CNN. Yeah, the there's guy. the guy so uh, Steve. What's his name on MSNBC? Um, CBS had somebody. So the guys who is well, this guy on MSNBC had the sleeves rolled up. Steve something. Oh, yeah. I can't his last name. And so this is the funniest part. So he's got the sleeves up like a weatherman and he's going through all the scenarios and he's doing a great job. And John King does a good job too of this, of just over explaining for people that kind of casual political people who jump in, right? Okay. This is what the numbers show now, but the numbers show this because this is mostly same day voting. The mail-in ballots and the early voting will come in and those skew over this way. So I, I wake up this morning and I'm flipping around. And MSNBC guy is literally wearing, it's like seven in the morning. He's literally wearing the same khakis, the same rolled up sleeve. He's just been on TV for like, he's gone Harbaugh. He's gone Harbaugh. He's got the khakis. Did he take his nap? It's amazing. Um, So uh, I I consumed some adult beverages last night, tried to pace myself a little bit. And the thing that I noticed the most is, and I want to hear Declan's thoughts here too, but the thing I noticed the most, and this is more of like, a, a, a serious discussion for another day, but just how crazy split rural America and and urban America is. If you live in a city versus if you live, and for me, like I grew up, uh, I grew up on a hobby farm out in Buffalo, Minnesota, and that's where I went to junior high, high school. Like I grew up in the sticks, mm-hmm. and then for college and beyond, I moved to the city. So I've lived city life for seventeen years. And the the first, like, 18 years of my life were more country life. So I feel like I have a good grasp. My family's from rural America. And I just feel like I've it's it's been brewing for probably years, if not decades. But last night felt like the culmination of two completely different cultures and languages even uh, showing up at the ballot box in almost every state in America. And that was just, uh, I mean, it's it's not like it was new last night, but it was very eye-opening to me. Right. So, Dex, what, how, what was your experience last night? So, yeah, I mean, I, I turned on... CNN like at 12.30 p.m. yesterday after we got done recording and literally did not. I, I changed MSNBC a couple times, but I honestly, I kept it on CNN. And then on my laptop, I had 5.38. I had ABC News. I had AP News. I had Bring Me the News locally. And I was all just trying to consume as much as I can. You skipped the trade um, deadline shows? I did. I skipped the trade deadline shows. I skipped you the office. SOB. I skipped all my other. The, uh, eventually at about, after about two or three Corona hard seltzers, I switched to some whiskey gingers. Um, and then I ran out of ginger ale and I knew it was only Tuesday. So I had to sit like Declan, you have to slow down. It's 9 PM and you're on a de- very destructive path here. If you continue down this space. And, uh, actually, so I, I kept the, I kept the election stuff on, but I did, I, I, during quarantine, I, I started learning how to play guitar and I played guitar for like an hour and a half. And honestly, it was great. Cause I had to distract myself from something. 
So I did that, and that honestly helped things out a lot. And then I kind of closed my laptop and just watched coverage from basically, again, from like 11 p.m. till till Trump talked at like 2 in the morning. Did, so did, I, was, I was probably in bed about 2.30. Did you guys see some of the betting websites? I, f- I follow way too many yes. like gambling and odds they were accounts on Twitter. Constantly, yeah. Dude, like it went, it went from, and some of this is just, it's dictated by... You know, who are the people that are putting bets in? What are the bet sizes? It's not necessarily reflective of what the actual percentage chance of each candidate is to win. But sure. going into the day at like six or seven in the morning, Biden was like a minus 250 and Trump was like a plus you know, 175 <laughs> or something like the equivalent of going into a baseball game. And you've got Max Scherzer at his best against like, you know, a number five starter for the Royals or something. And by the time. Some of those southeastern states, by the time it looked like Florida was going to go for Trump, uh-huh. these websites had Trump as like a minus 600, a minus 700 in spots, like an 85 or 90 percent favorite. And then it swung and then it swung. I back. saw the breakdown is incredible. Yeah. Like the swings were nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like watching like when you when you're watching a football game or something or a twins game and it's a, like that twins Yankees game from was it last year or whatever. And you see the win probability chart. It's like, oh, the Twins have a five-run lead, and yeah. they're at 95%. Oh, my God, the Yankees just scored 10. And back Basically, and every uh, every Falcons and Chargers game this season yeah. is that win probability rate. <laughs> exactly. So I, I've got a question for both of you pertaining to our business, okay? And, and it pertains to the coverage that we saw specifically last night. Now, beyond that, probably, but last night. I believe it's not an overreach for me to say that we have a problem in this country or an issue probably is the correct term with anxiety, right? Like people are like, there's a lot of anxious. There's more anxiety now than there's ever been. Right. But I mean, there's lots of people on meds and, and look, I mean, that's, that's totally cool. But the point is we're dealing with that. So here's what I don't get. I, one of the reasons why I love sports and I think sports is fun is because Ultimately, a prognosticator can get on and say, Vikings are two touchdown favorites on the Lions, and he can be completely wrong. In fact, he probably is. And at the end of the day, it doesn't affect me one bit. And I think even as frustrated as a Vikings fan might be by the fact that they lost to the Falcons or that they might lose on Sunday, you know what? They drink a few beers, they swear a couple times, and they're done. Here's what I don't like about where we have gone in a media standpoint with coverage of something like last night, like people's emotions are swinging on this. Okay. Like they're big yeah. time and I don't blame them. Um, but we're treating it like sports and, and it starts to me with polling. Well, the polls say this, which is a prognosticator. I mean, polling, yeah. polling is let's go to the guy on the desk. Who's got the eight football games, but ultimately if he's wrong on all eight games, you know, it's fine. Um, I don't like the fact that I feel like the country is being exploited by people in our business uh, in ways that are like, I mean, it's a lot of analysts. It's the sportification of important things in our country. But I don't, but I object to that vehemently because we are dealing with a lot of people who have, who have issues with, they can't sleep or, you know, they're on meds, which again, that's not my point. That's fine. But I feel like what happened last night and the coverage causes so much anxiousness. But see, that's, that's also, useless. Here's what I would say to that, because you're 100 percent right in that if you if you look at the reality of the way this is playing out, a lot of people sort of called the patterns here that this there's 
There's an unprecedented amount of mail-in ballots in early voting, and in some states, those ballots aren't going to be counted until later on. Um, or in some cases, like I think you saw Minnesota was one of the states where right away when the, when the polls closed, it's like, boom, yeah. Biden was up like 70 to 30 or something because the mail-in votes were counted first. And then, and then the and then the uh, same day ballots come back, and it's skewed more toward Trump, right? And so the the race starts to. So the, all of this stuff was very predictable, mm-hmm. and remains predictable. It's a lot of the things that are happening even today were sort of like the, this pattern was called out. But to your point, if you are Fox News or CNN or MSNBC or any of these networks that's covering this, you are running a TV show. I, I agree completely. So a lot of people are like, well, why are they? You know, why are they, keep, you know, they keep flashing breaking news and, right. key, you know, key race update or whatever. It's like because their but, job is to try and keep you captivated and, until three mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning with you. Go, hey, coming up next. Hey, coming up next. And oh, look at this. Oh. You are a thousand percent right. What I object to, though, is there are p- people who say, well, sports are dumb. Why do you like sports? Because it doesn't toy with my real life. Like what you did, if you wow. if you elected to sit down and watch that that coverage last night, in many cases you were toying with your own life and emotions, or your wife, or your kids, and and I just I find that objectionable. That's why I like sports because ultimately, if Shefty tells me the Vikings are going to trade Cousins and they don't, I might be like that darn yeah. Shefty. Well, but it, but it doesn't affect me. It, it just. I just don't like the fact that something that causes so much stress is basically treated like a sport. I get why, and Phil, I agree completely with everything you said. It's just a personal objection I have about how we approach things that actually have that actually can do damage to people. And where I like everything you just said, I agree with, and where I would probably disagree is okay. Is it CNN or Fox News's fault that I feel that way, or am I choosing to opt into what is ultimately an entertainment? Like, the, yes, it's a news reporting outlet, and yes, they are trying to. Well, I was going to say they're they're trying to be as objective as possible. They're really not. Like they're they're no, they're, they're playing, not now. They're, they're playing they used to, to have to be, right? but they aren't now. They're playing to audiences. Correct. But if you choose to sit there, like I did, for instance, and watch for ten hours, and if I feel like there was a couple times where I was yeah. like, all right, my blood pressure is probably. Uh, going up a little bit. That's on me. That is 100% on but, me for choosing to opt into their formula for keeping me captive, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's on you. I'm just saying I don't like the fact that it toys with people in a very detrimental way. And and like Fox and like Fox News. So Fox News they are what they are. I totally get that one. But then they suddenly bring in the statistics guy who's really credible and good. And throw the he, com- called, he called it was it Arizona. Arizona? Arizona? Yeah, and Trump yeah. went nuts. But look, I don't know how to fix it, but I don't like the fact that people who are probably vulnerable in a lot of ways get used by this, and and it's our business. And I think you know if you're looking for a solution going forward, like well, there's got to just be you know when it comes to media and even when it comes to coronavirus, the last ten months, right? There's got there's got to be something that. That isn't skewing to the left or skewing to the right, right? And that's the problem. I think we've gotten to a place, whether yes. it's with political races or whether it's with a pandemic yes. or really anything, science. I mean, literally any pick pick anything that you want, any issue or any topic, and it's very hard to find an agreed upon set of facts that that anyone on the political spectrum would say, "Yep, okay, we agree on that." Yep. So let's uh, now that we agree on that, let's have a debate about it, and, and which is how I think it used to be. 
Yeah, and you know, much more so. Actually, you know what the problem is? When guys like me jumped on Facebook in 2004, it was only available for college kids. Mm. And now, now it's, it's, all, all, MySpace, it's, it's all of our crazy aunts and uncles that are sitting on, all, <laughs> yeah. sitting on Facebook. And I'm not, and I'm not saying that the coverage should not exist. It should. It helps. The coverage helps. What I'm saying is where we've cho- where the media has chosen to go with said coverage is what bothers me. Yeah, and and they're and they're just playing to a formula. I mean, they really are. They're they're sitting here. You know, you can watch watch any of these channels. It's unbelievable how often you see red flashing alert, breaking news, whatever it may be. You know, I mean, CNN's a good example. CNN before the election here, CNN for like nine months, starting in the morning until whatever time at night ran a death count on their sidebar for COVID yeah. for months. Like, and they're not doing that necessarily to keep you informed. Like it's football scores. They're doing it because it's compelling to watch the death count. Packers 17, Viking seven, <laughs> 225,000 dead. That's yeah. the thing. Yes. I, that's the thing that I object to. Yeah. So I will say, uh, you know, listen, we're, I don't know how long this is. It's possible. This could drag out for, for days or weeks. We don't know what's going to happen with this election, but just know that, our show is going to, as much as possible, keep you entertained, keep you up to date on uh, Minnesota sports reckless speculation. In fact, Judd Zolgad on Purple Daily today is bringing a solution mm-hmm. to the Vikings' Kirk Cousins problem to the table. And I have an exciting piece of information that I found out that makes this eminently doable. So that's uh, that's on Purple Daily eminently. today. And you see, I can speculate, and it doesn't matter because it's sports. <laughs> well, it affects Kirk Cousins' life. Okay, I'm not worried about one person. Maybe, I'm worried about maybe another quarterback. Big groups of people are what I'm <laughs> trying to help out here. So just know that even if you even if you uh, agree, disagree with whatever our perceived politics are, uh, the, the thing we have in common, us on this show and the listeners, we are all tormented Minnesota sports fans, and so... We can uh, we can share that, and if you're looking for a reprieve, if you're looking for an island, just an escape, we hope to provide that for you going forward here, regardless of how this mess sorts out and plays out. Uh, boys, should we get to some write that down predictions? Love it. See what happens here. We're going to welcome our old friend John Harrison in the mix. So uh, write that down and an accountability session on Mackie and Judd. Most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd with Rami. This is the big leagues where we own our terrible predictions. Write this down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. Write it down. You like writing things down. It's Write That Down with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. And we're gonna we vowed to keep Rami's name on the intro here, at least un, until he's no longer competitive in the batting average race. And he's been competitive. He's been hanging around 400. He's uh, he's back on the airwaves on the score 670 in Chicago this week. I think it's round two of a tryout. So it'd be awesome. awesome. We're all rooting for our guy Rami to to go. I think Chicago's where he was really born to spew sports takes. And I did. Declan and I tuned in <laughs> yesterday for a little while. And by the way, uh, for those of you viewing on the screen here, you can find us in video form on uh, one of our two YouTube channels, youtube.com slash scorenorthmn. The other one is youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. And a familiar face, John Harrison, our old friend from Score North and 1500 ESPN. You can find him on Score North Radio as part of the Loons broadcast. What's up, John? How's it going, guys? 
Well, we're going to get back. We're, we're going to get to your problem in the batting title race here. <laughs> wow. Oh, this is why you brought me on. Wow, you got set up. Standings? We did. John we, Bobby wow. got set okay. up. We're going to we're going to give you an opportunity to pick some bowl games today. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> No, we're not. No, no, he was kidding. But, but, Never again. So Declan and I were going back and forth on Slack yesterday, and he sends me a link. He goes, hey, uh, you got to check out this segment that Rami's doing with Danny Parkins on The Score in Chicago. They literally did a 20-minute segment teaching one of their producers how to use chopsticks. And it was that embarrassingly was bad. And it was hilariously entertaining. The segment was good, but it was this good. poor dude can't use chopsticks, and they got 20 minutes chopsticks out of it. Chopsticks are tough. The, the thing is, I too, Rami, they, though? I struggle. They're not. And Ra- Rami I don't know how to use them. Rami yeah. can't use them either. So like no. Rami was very adamant, like I'm in the same boat as him, but luckily I'm not the one that's under the microscope right now. And then I was texting with him too. And I'm like, you know, Rami's this big food connoisseur. Like he can cook up any dish. I've been to his Super Bowl party. The yep. dude cooks up so much food. And I'm like, you can't use chopsticks. Blows my mind. Ch- chopsticks are hard. This is the great. American, this, is, this right here is a microcosm of the great American divide right now. The people who can use chopsticks, the people who can't. Here's why I don't like them, okay? The big thing in baseball is what now? Barrel up the ball, right? Yeah, square it up. Square it up, which means good contact because you get a lot of the baseball. Well, chopsticks, it's like bunting because you're only going to get a certain amount of food with chopsticks. It's called portion control. Yeah, and who wants that? You want a shovel. Just... John, Bob, and I are like, yeah. no, no, no. You want just yes, I want a shovel. as much rice into my <laughs> mouth exactly. as I can. Thank you. Thank you. Like, it's rice. It's meant to be consumed with a lot of stuff in a huge spoon. You guys yes. want someone to tilt your head back, pry yes. your mouth open as wide as possible, Absolutely. and just pour rice down I your throat. I want my head at the proper <laughs> launch angle every time that I get it. Yes. Like, you remember the old Looney Tunes cartoons where Bugs Bunny's jaw would drop? Drop it when you would see food and just go down before. I want my jaw to drop when I see rice and just inhale all the rice possible. That's why I love this. I man. will say it is tough when you get toward the end of your of your dish mm-hmm. and like you're trying to pick up like three kernels of rice oh, yeah. with your chopsticks. It's like all right. So, anyways, uh, this is write that down. We are the only sports show in America that makes predictions and keeps track of them with batting averages and home runs. Uh, three predictions from everybody each week. They must be quantifiable. We keep track, like I said, of averages and home runs. And if you want to be a guest listener participant on this segment, we are booked, I believe, through November. We have some openings in December. You can DM me on Twitter. Even if I'm not following you, you can you can uh, sneak in and DM me at Phil Mackey, M-A-C-K-E-Y. And, uh, and that's if you want to be part of the segment or if you just want to rip me. I've had people just slide into my DMs and rip me. And that's fine, too. You can do that. Look at you. Maybe I'll block you. I don't know. But um, uh, John Harrison is going to be he's taking the place of our guest listener predictors this week because we want to give him a chance to improve his batting average. Let's say we'll get to that in just a second here. Let's start (laughs) off with let me see if I can uh, Uh, navigate this computer here. Judd Zolgad, you made some predictions. Okay. I'm oh, sorry. I'm 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 screwing this up here. Write it down. You go. like writing things down. Uh Judd, you Not said bad. the Gophers will win their next two games and be two and one on the season. Now, I can test what? that because I did not say which gopher team. <laughs> See, it was very smart. It was very smart. No. Uh, you're, you're a nasty, nasty man, Phil Mackey. It's I'll, very nasty what you're doing to Judd, me. if there was a Mackey and Judd write that down Supreme Court, we would deny you're this nasty. motion. You're very nasty. I know what you're doing. You did, however, say correctly that the Winter Classic would not be played on January 1st, 2021. Yes! 
right, I'll take this day. Ago. I'll take this. Congrats. So 50, 50, 50 for Judd there. John, you had nothing come off the board, which is good. Ooh, Manny Hill go. said Odell Beckham Jr. would not be traded to the Vikings when those rumors were floating around. I think it was like maybe even six months ago. We waited till the trade deadline just to make sure. And indeed, uh, he was correct. Yeah. OBJ not traded to the Vikings. Rami also said uh, he had an OBJ prediction. He said OBJ will be traded by the Browns, but not to the Vikings. He was not. Oh. Incorrect. <sighs> what is going on? That's a rough one for me here. Wow. All right. Goodness. I said OBJ would Get my catch... sunglasses. A lot of bright red. <laughs> a lot of red. Yep. I said OBJ will catch 100 passes with the Vikings in the next season. And I and I wanted this to linger till the trade deadline just in case he got hot in the second half as a Viking. But Was that a home run prediction, by the way? Probably would have been. That seems like a home it, run it, prediction. It, it no, no, but it, 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 a forced home run prediction. It was not I mean. a forced oh. one, though. Oh, okay. It was a homer home run prediction. Okay, so it was not. A, okay. I said Tua will account for at least three touchdowns in his debut. He accounted for one. I said the Vikings would acquire a first or second round draft pick by next week's trade deadline. Inexplicably, they did not. I, I was going to say, I think you were right. They were wrong. Unfortunately, it affects you. Mm-hmm. And I said Aaron Rodgers would throw at least four touchdowns against the Vikings. Almost. He almost did. Got to three. Rough week. Uh, listeners, Brian said, now, in fairness, Brian, Brian said this after Kentamaida's hot start. Otherwise, this would have been a home run. But he said Kentamaida will finish top three in Cy Young voting for the 2020 season. Alex said Adam Thielen will not be traded. John T. said the Gophers will finish 7-1. That comes off the board very quickly. Whoops. Seamus said, a couple of these are cleanups from earlier in the year. Seamus said OBJ will be traded to the Vikings, and before the week one game, Judd will write an article blasting the trade. (laughs) I love all those dog ad predictions. Couldn't have done it either way, huh? Didn't happen. Bryce had a multi-item parlay here. He said the Vikings will win the NFC North, which remains to be seen, but he said the Vikings will move Anthony Barr to defensive end where he will have at least seven sacks, and he will make Randy's stud stable a lot while he's out for the season. So that's not going to happen. <laughs> Declan, you said the Vikings would acquire at least two more draft picks by the trade deadline. But you said Aaron Rodgers will account for at least three touchdowns against the Vikings, and he had exactly three <laughs> touchdown passes, which brings the batting average race right. to this. Judd Zolgad, 412, hanging on up top with three home runs. Rami still holding steady at 386 with a home run. Declan at 353 with a home run. I'm down to 278 with three bombs. Listeners at 220 with two home runs. Manny Hill up to 182. He surpasses John Harrison, who is at 176 with two home runs on the season. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. And so, John, uh, we just wanted to give you a chance to... Square around to bunt a couple of times, whatever it is. We want we want you to get, get, get above that Mendoza line, right? When have you known me to bunt? That's a good point. Never. Or take the home run lead if you want. <laughs> Just don't forget bowl games and we oh, won't I'll have a problem. Try. I'll try for the home run lead. Nice. I like where he's it's going. The only way. It's the only way I go on this. A very Miguel Sano-like approach to write that yeah. down by John Harrison. <laughs> write this down. So here's how this works. We'll start with John. We'll go to Judd, Declan, back to me, Phil Mackey, and then we'll go around three times. They must be quantifiable. Everyone knows the rules. Uh, last year's reigning defending batting champion, John, you lead us off here. All right, I'll start off with not a home run. 
The Loons will finish in what is considered a home playoff spot, one through four. I won't say a home playoff game because we don't know if they're going to actually play playoff games inside a bubble or at home stadiums. So they'll finish one through four and win at least one of those playoff games. Okay. So they'll finish with one of the, you're saying they'll finish with one of the top four seeds? Yep. And they'll, okay. Declan, you got that? Yes, I do. Okay, cool. John, I get to feel your. I've been feeling your pain over the last six months, getting to write down all these predictions, especially from <laughs> listeners who make crazy MMA predictions. And you and I both are fantastic spellers, so it's oh, yes. a great thing. Wow! Actually, one, that was always my favorite. One of the hardest. How things do you spell that, that name? One of the hardest things that I do every single week is like trying to figure out previously John and now Declan's spelling in the write that down document. <laughs> write this down. Write it down. You Who's like writing spell? things down. De- Declan's worse. <laughs> It's, it's I bad. love them both. pretty bad with spelling. Congratulations, John Bob. <laughs> you won. All right, over to Judd Zilgat. Write it down. You like writing things down. Kirk Cousins will not be the Vikings quarterback on opening day of next season. Ah, he's still one of mine. Kirk Cousins will not, N-O-T, be the Vikings quarterback on opening day next season. Uh, injury loophole there, too. If he, like, tears his ACL in training yeah. camp and Sean Mannion starts, you're still covered there, but yeah, I see where you're going I'm a veteran this. of the game, baby. I'm a veteran of the game. <laughs> Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, back to Dex. Uh, the Vikings will finish with at least six wins in 2020. So they are two and five. They'll finish with at least six wins in 2020. All right, solidifying the 11th overall pick. Perfect right. draft positioning yeah. to get the fifth quarterback <laughs> off the board. Four cornerback. Yeah, or a cornerback. Or a cornerback. We riot if that happens. <laughs> Write that down. Write this down. All right, I'm going to – my batting average is kind of a disaster, so I'm I'm actually going to take a couple swings that I hope come off the board. These are just going to be light, easy swings, working on my mechanics here. <laughs> the Vikings will beat the Lions on Sunday. Actually, okay. I take that back. The Vikings will beat the Lions in their next matchup. Veteran of the game. <laughs> I just saw the San Francisco 49ers yeah, got shut yeah, down yeah. for their Thursday game. Thursday so. night game might be off. It's a good idea. Yep. So uh, the Vikings will beat the Lions in their next matchup. Write that down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Back to John Harrison. This will come a year late for what many people thought. The Cowboys will fire Mike McCarthy and then trade a first-round pick to the Vikings for Mike Zimmer. Yes. First-round. Yes. Oh, first that's rounder. a great tra- Oh, speculation. Only going home runs from here on out. Oh, oh, wow. I got to wow. push my chair back up to the counter here. I love it. He walks up, knocks the dirt off his cleats, points to center field. Yeah. Points to Dallas. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, back to Judd. John Bob going 455 with that blast <laughs> in the catch. Whoa. I'll just wait, wait till the next one. Um, <clears throat> Write that down. Prediction number two for me. The Twins will... End up non-tendering Eddie Rosario. The Twins will end up non-tendering Eddie R- Rosario, yeah. so he will walk away. They will get nothing in return for him, but they will not tender him a contract. I mean, there's all, it's going to be really hard for them to trade him because no one's going to want to take like the ten million dollars that he would make in arbitration. Free agency is going to be brutal, yeah. unless you're like Trevor Bauer. There's going to be a plethora of talent out there. But like, how does it make you feel? It, it's I think if you non-tender him, you just straight up get nothing for him. There's not like there's no there's back zero. door to draft compensation. There's nothing for him. If he's, he's if he's a free agent and walks, you could at least offer him a qualifying offer and get a first round pick back. Right. He's been a good player for the Twins. He's led the team in RBIs. He's hit some home runs, and so to just let him go for nothing is awful. But payroll is going to be a, a problem, though. I think we're back to Declan here. Write this down. Yes. 
All right. The Vikings are obviously hosting uh, Adrian Peterson, the Lions. So AP will score at least a touchdown against the Vikings on Sunday. Adrian Peterson will account for a touchdown against the Vikings on Sunday. Famine. He only has two touchdowns. Famine, famine, feast, Declan. Famine, famine, yes, feast. AP will get a touchdown. Run roughshod. Stare up into the press box. Yeah. All you negative writers. Hey, block Write me. this down. Block me on Twitter. Write it down. You like writing things down. <laughs> Long time ago. I was very hurt by that. We were friends. I thought. I'm going to square around again here. I just just looking for a hit. <laughs> Just looking for a hit. Looking look at John, look at John Bob. He is so disappointed. So disappointed. I've so got, disappointed. got a lot of home runs on the board. John Bob's just going, just hitting bombs, and Phil's like, yeah. okay, here's a bunt. The Gophers will pick up their first win of the season against Illinois. The Gophers will pick up their first win of the season against you know Illinois. You know what, Phil? That that was a ground out to second, and you got the guy to third, a productive at bat. I actually think the way their defense if is playing, happens. this might be a home run. <laughs> <laughs> you might not be wrong. More than a thousand yards in two games, you might be exactly right. <laughs> Write this down. All right, uh, one more trip around the bases here, Jonathan oh. Harrison. All right, strap in, boys. Ready for this one? The Wolves will include their number one overall pick or whoever they draft with it in a trade with the Rockets for James Harden. Whoa! Oh! Yes, I'm getting under Longest the table. Longest of long shots, but. I figured I might as well go deep. I mean, they're looking for a third superstar. <laughs> Gerson Rosas likes his huge trades. Let's do it. And Rockets players that he knows well? Wow. Actually, here's another one. Here's another one to keep an eye on. Well, wait, I'll save. I, I've got one. Are you going to do it? Okay. I'll save it for, I'll, I'll go last. I'll wait my turn. Okay. I like where John's going here, though. All right, back <laughs> to Judd. Write help, this down. You can't help yourself now, can you, Phil Mackey? <laughs> <clears throat> um, in, I'll write that down that will basically be very much like Declan's, but I'm going to take a different player. Everson Griffin will have at least two sacks on Sunday against the Vikings, playing in his first game since being traded from the Cowboys to the Lions. He couldn't play last game because of uh, COVID protocols. Everson Griffin, Declan, will have at least two sacks on Sunday against the Vikings. Write this down. So basically the all the former Vikings are just going to run a rough shot. According to all your predictions here. Adrian, yeah. Everson. I think Griffin might try and really, really smack good old Kirk. Yeah, write that down. Good see it. Back to Dex. All right, uh, last one here. The NHL season, which was some more thinking could start in January at some point, but I don't think there's any shot of that. So the NHL season will not start in January. There will be no regular season game played in the month of January. Okay. The NBA is trying to come back on December 22nd. They want to come back Christmas yeah. week. And it sounds like the teams, like the eight teams that didn't get to play in the bubble, so like the Timberwolves, are just jonesing like, hey, we haven't played forever. We'd like to get back. And teams like the Lakers are saying, hey, clowns, we just played into November, basically. Yeah, we just played last week, <laughs> just, so we'd prefer not to play again on December 22nd. If the season starts on December 22nd, can I give a, can I give a, a bonus, write that down? If this, if this, <laughs> sure, why not? If the season starts on December 20, if the season starts in December, LeBron James won't play until February. Okay. Write that down. Okay. If the NBA okay. season starts in December, LeBron James won't play until February. Okay. And here's the one I'm going to play off John Harrison. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. I love where you're going with this. I think, I think the, the team for, for, um, for, for LeBron, did you say February? February. Okay. Thank you. I love this, John. F E B R U A R Y. I'm literally like, trying to write down my own. I got Phil, Phil making 
impromptu extra predictions. I'm sorry. I, I know. Hard work. Hard work in me. You got COVID? I know it. That's I got COVID. I'm coming off COVID. Spelling's difficult as we found yeah. out last yeah. night. Yeah, that's the C-O-V-I-D. C-O-V. The polls say you're wrong, John Harrison. And by the way, that's polls. That's P-O-L-L-S. I love the fact it was the North Pole. North Pole, basically, yeah. All right, write this down. All right, so mm. I agree with the sentiment. Write it down. You like writing things down. The Wolves are going to look to trade the number one pick. And I like where you're going with the Rockets connection. But the Rockets connection is no longer in Houston. Daryl Morey took a job reportedly for $10 million a year to lead the Philadelphia 76ers process. Mm-hmm. And he is a hyper three-point obsessed general manager. And the main star of the Philadelphia 76ers does not shoot threes. Write this down. At some point, well, I'll just say before the draft. At some point between, at some point between now and the start of the NBA season, just to cover my ass here. All right, okay. the Timberwolves will trade the number one pick in a deal for Ben Simmons. Mm. Ben Simmons, write it down. That's you like true. writing things down? Maurice, ben Simmons, Carl right. Anthony Towns, and D'Angelo Russell, and those other two stars can shoot threes. While Ben Simmons gets fifteen assists every single night. The number one pick in a trade for Ben Simmons before the NBA season starts. Right. See what you started, John Bob. This is why. This is why you guys bring me on to lure Phil into home run predictions. Love it. In Good fact, job. If you could just come on, uh, we'll just bring you on like once every few weeks, just to swing from your heels and uh, keep hope alive. <laughs> Those Should last corn dogs with too. Oh, he's got oh, the yeah, corn, yeah. corn dogs. Yes, yes. Always bring corn dogs. Was there no stick on that corn dog? No, there was. It was burnt. Oh, <laughs> the corn dog connoisseur, the reigning, defending, write that down, batting average champion, and the uh, man who snookered us all, and uh, one by of the voices us, by allowing us to tell him, "Yeah, sure, go ahead, predict all the bowl games. You'll never get them right." And uh, one of the radio voices of Minnesota United Soccer with Dan Terrar, John Harrison. Thanks for coming back on the show. We love you. Thanks for having me, boys. See you, dude. And we'll catch you. We'll catch you tonight on Score North Radio. Uh, Wrap with Roycey in a second here. I'm Mackie and Judd. Write this down. All right. We wrap with Roycey every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday on this show. And you can find Roycey's weekly podcast, too. Roycey Unchained. Anywhere you find podcasts. Scorenorth.com or the Scorenorth app. And also uh, Monday Night Sports Talk with Joe Suture. So, uh, Patrick, how late were you up last night? What was what was your night like as a as a bleeding well, I, heart liberal? <laughs> I packed it in at one thirty and got up at two thirty to see if anything had happened. <laughs> Went back to bed about three and got up at four, and I've been up ever since. So uh, I got maybe two hours of sleep. I got a pounding headache. I now I know what post traumatic stress syndrome feels like, and uh, uh, it's uh, been amazing. I I just. Uh, I saw those votes, and I, I could not uh, could not believe that uh, we could come back. Uh, you know, we. I mean, I got to tell you, my lifetime record's five and eight, uh, which means I lost to eight Republicans and one with five Democrats. So okay, I lost to Nixon twice. That's how old I am. But uh, at least the good part is we know demo- if if Biden pulls this out, we know democracy will work, and our president will come out. And make a very heartfelt uh, <laughs> concession and uh, congratulate the American public for casting more votes than they've ever cast before, and suggest perhaps that 
really this mail-in voting and, uh, you know, early voting is a great idea because it gets more people to the polls. And that's why we're all in this democracy, to get as many people as possible to the polls. Right, Donald? That's what we're after. Yeah, I'm sure that's exactly how it's going to play out. He'll be very, very gracious in turning the keys to Biden. But hey, Pat, so here, here's the one thing where to me, if you watch sports and listen to coach speak, it actually works for this if you are a Biden fan, okay? I see all of the pundits saying, you know, this victory was supposed to be one-sided in the polling, which is nothing yes. more than prognosticators. The polling showed that it was supposed to be... What does every coach who wins a huge game tell you if the game stinks and is ugly? We won. I don't care how. So, yeah, so, inste- so instead of hyper-focusing on, man, I thought it was going to be in two years, you're not going to sit down and think, well, Biden didn't win exactly how I thought. You're going to say he won or he didn't win. That's where sports plays. This is an ugly game played in the rain and in the mud, and and the Lions potentially lost the ball at the five late in the game, their own five, and somebody went in, the Vikings, and scored, and you won, and you don't care how you so, won. So, Judd, you're saying win the game 9-6, to six, and then, as Kirk Cousins would say, go back and look at the film for future evaluation. It's the Super Bowl. You don't look at the film. You don't give a damn about the film. <laughs> It's funny, and Wisconsin is key, too, and to uh, continue your analogy there, uh, there was that game against the Vikings in the early 70s when the Vikings totaled 60 yards and John Brockington rushed for almost 200, and the Vikings defeated them three to nothing. So there's a game that you got to look that up. There you it's go. It's the greatest game. It, it was the greatest horseshoe Harry Grant <laughs> got a horseshoe where only his proctologist can find it as i always said uh pulling that one out and this would this would be similar to that that's for sure but uh this is you know what i I was thinking though instead of devoting tuesday nights uh to the election coverage all those people should say hey america's voting tonight today and tune in thursday and we'll really give you a lot of coverage on this thing, right? Yeah. Because mail-in voting is going to be the future. I think, isn't it Colorado that that's the only way you can vote? Yes. Yeah, Colorado. I, mail-in voting or early voting is going to be the future. It's going to become more and more rare for people to actually stand in line on Election Day mm-hmm. and to uh, to get all amped up by what we see when the votes haven't been opened uh, is uh, – it's kind of ridiculous, but of course the networks will never give up that that uh, you know those hours of coverage. I mean, the world reason the World Series had to be done early was because they knew this election would be one of the most uh, uh, amazing. But I gotta say this: I am absolutely stunned at the uh, at the the support uh, that uh, Trump receives. I am absolutely stunned that four years ago, we suspected this guy was a megalomaniac, right? But we only suspected it. Uh, four years later, we found out it to be, found it out to be true that he's a lunatic. But if it hadn't been for the virus, he would have won easy. Mm-hmm. But don't you 
I mean, oh, yeah. He, oh, yeah. He would have won easy if it hadn't been for the virus because everyone who's leaving the polls saying, what's your number one issue? They're saying the virus. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me, Pat, you know, I, I, I want to ask you because you have a unique perspective in that you grew up in Fulda, Minnesota, where there's like yes. a, there's a gas station and there's a there's a funeral <laughs> home and a couple of dirt roads. And uh, it was a main street. Then we had uh, <laughs> two, uh, we had two machinery shops, a couple of bars. Uh, you know, we had eleven hundred people then, eleven hundred people. But the farmers, of course, all had nine or twelve kids. You know, but you so you you grew up in in what if especially if you look at the the map last night is even I think it's just even more glaring in terms of the percentages of the vote in the rural areas versus the you've got you've got counties like Philadelphia. Uh, Philadelphia County that has like an, an 85 to 15 voting split. And then you have rural areas in the same state and Minnesota can be like this too, where it's flipped around at 70, 30. So you spent a large chunk of your life in, in rural Minnesota and you've spent a large chunk of your life in urban Minnesota. Why is it that those two groups of people around the country are living completely different realities and speaking completely different languages in 2020 more than ever before? More so now than uh, it was, uh, you know, 60 years ago when I moved up to the Twin Cities. More so now. Uh, I, I, I don't know what has happened outstate, but uh, I don't want to use the word racism. Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to say everybody. If you're voting for Trump, you know, racism is part of it. But I think there is a firm belief because of your surroundings out there that America is you know that we founded this country we we wasps we anglo-saxon you know that this is a white person's country i think that feeling is strong outstate minnesota even though it's ridiculous but it's strong out there and in the twin cities we you know we we have multicultural uh you know uh, lives that we live and it doesn't bother us for the most part, but outstate, I think it's just Donald Trump. You know, when Donald Trump says to suburban women, hey, I don't, you know, if you vote for me, basically saying there won't be any black people moving in next door to you. Uh, he didn't flat out say that, but that was the message. Yeah. That doesn't work in Maple Grove and Eden Prairie anymore, but it works in full of Minnesota, you know, that it, that. Hey, this is our country. These are they're all visitors, you know. So, you know, I that's my that's my feeling is what what message he's bringing them uh that they love is 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 tied in there somewhere the the white superiority thing, I think, you know, but it's but it not not white superiority, but white you know, this is our country, damn it. And, you know, we should, we should get the, we need a president that reflects that. I think that's, that's, I, I, I don't know what, what the explanation is. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, here's the one I thought of today. I, I, I'm on Pete's bandwagon now for 2024. Although if Biden wins, it'll be uh, Harris. So, but, the the mayor from South Bend, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And and some guy said to me, "Well, I don't think he knows anything about foreign policy because I said this on tweet. Well, he's a Harvard graduate, and he's an Oxford graduate. <laughs> He'll figure he's it got, out. He's a he's a he's a gay Afghan veteran. 
He was in the Afghanistan theater. He's gay. Uh, I mean, he's he should be the new America, right? Yep. And this guy says, well, he doesn't know foreign policy. And I had to respond on Twitter. He can probably learn fast enough not to think foreign policy is this prince is really nice to me and he's buying stuff. So I don't care. I don't care if he dismembers a journalist. If he sends sends a crew of hatchet men to dismember a journalist, I'm not going to get too upset about it. So, you know, I think Pete would be able to learn that. And Pete, yeah, Pete's good. Why can't we get to a point too where we do have, younger people who at least have a chance know. like why I'm is it all 70, guys who are 70 i was i'm a 75 year old guy and i'm offended that you know i'm just offended by trump okay a but b i'm really offended that the party i voted for my whole life the best they can come up with is a 70 year old 80 year old raving lunatic yeah. bernie sanders and <laughs> joe biden who's 77 right yeah and and those are our final two. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's how they end up being the. There's your choice, Bernie, no chance, nutcase, and uh, and and Biden, who's you know I'm I hope he wins, just for the sake of the world, but very uninspiring guy. So uh, you know, nice enough guy, but uh, uh, on a, how could this be? I think really. Biden is the only guy who had a chance to make it this close. I think I think beyond Bernie, I think there was 10 other Democrats that would have uh, pummeled uh, would have uh, pummeled Trump because they would have ran a Barack Obama type of campaign. I read something about Miami and what happened in Miami. The Cuban Americans and there's hundreds of thousands of them down mm-hmm. there all voted for Trump. This Rick Scott, who's the governor down there for a while, then he ran for the Senate. He learned while he was, you know, he's a very right-wing Republican, but while he was the governor, he learned Spanish, right? He learned Spanish. When he was running for the Senate, he was down there all the time, going to their festivals, talking to Spanish, uh, talking Spanish with these guys. And They've always been kind of Republican, but he was running against Bill Nelson, who was an incumbent, and people thought he was going to win. And and Nelson basically just ignored them, apparently ran one of the worst campaigns ever. And the same thing with the Trumps. The the Trump has had a good machine going nationally for this election, and they were down in the little Havana all the time, in Hialeah and all these other places. And that's the reason... You know, maybe not the full reason, but that's a very good reason that the uh, expected uh, Biden windfall in the Miami area didn't come through because all the Cuban owners, they're lazy, they're dumb and lazy the last two campaigns. When you consider the ground game that, uh, oh, I hate to use that cliche, but everybody uses it, that Obama had with Carville and those guys, they had sharp guys. These last two campaigns have had dummies yeah. uh, in the in the Democratic Party, and I'm, I'm getting a little political, uh, a little political today. But this this would be this opinion. would be the one day I think that you have freedom you know to be political. It's, these are my opinions. You know, these are my. I'm not trying to hey, convert anybody. Boys. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, Hillary 
thought she was going to win, so she disappeared. Basically, she was a terrible candidate. I mean, as far Trump outworked her, and actually Trump outworked Biden too. The last, I mean, he was nuts. He got the last week. He was everywhere, and yeah, he was doing. He was literally doing like four, four or five campaigns, ripping every place too, ripping every one of them. Oh yes, (laughs) don't know why I'm here. It's too cold. By the way, too hot. You know, driven by absolute egomania and not uh, not willing to lose. But, you know, Judd, who are the best newspaper people you ever worked with? The completely paranoid ones yeah. who who had to, you know, if they got beat on a story, it ruined their life for like three days. The, the psychos are the uh, were always the, the best beat reporters, you know. Uh, you know, Sid was, you know, Sid was one of them. Sid was a, a nut job, but uh, he... Work till there's a hundred. So I've got the I ticket. Think. I've got it. They can't win playoff games. Falvey Levine. It's the perfect ticket. They're young. They're charismatic. Oh, you're saying move out of baseball. I'm and saying into move. Politics? Yes, exactly right. <laughs> move into politics. I'll take Levine. Levine is president. Levine. Falvey is VP. Three days of Falvey's. Uh, no, it'd be, we got to all be collaborative. It, it would be Thad as president because he'd be a smart ass and you'd like him and it'd be funny. <laughs> yes, right. Well, no, Pat, I don't. I think we're in fine shape for candidates. We just have to go find the right ones. We can't be. We can't be sifting through guys my age. Who can't get out of <laughs> well, Pat, before before we say goodbye, uh, we got to get your thought on the real big story from yesterday, which is. Major League Baseball's gold gloves were handed out yesterday uh, in a primetime special. What a brilliant marketing move by Rob Manfred and company. On election night? NFL trade deadline day and election night. Let's run our gold glove ceremony on TV. I watched the whole thing, okay? Didn't we go strictly on uh, the uh, Sabre stats? Yes. For the three candidates? So Joey Gallo wins the gold glove. Yes. Because he had good stats, right? For like two months, by the way, which is not a, yeah. an adequate sample I mean, size. Now, did, did, did was it awarded? Did they vote on the three finalists, no. or did the winner was the did the winner have the best statistical? Yes, rating? that's correct. Oh, that's the latter. How Joey Gallo. That's well, how Joey Gallo I won. Admit, it's the first time I've ever seen the name of a Golden Glove winner that I never heard of. The third baseman in the American League from Texas, right? Who the hell is he? I don't know. We don't. There play. were there we were two play. or three guys, Pat. I had never heard of in my life. The Seattle <laughs> rookie first baseman. I had never heard of him. They didn't play. Yeah, this. Who was the American League first baseman? It was Seattle, right? Yes. Everybody rookie said player. this. Matt Olson's the best first baseman they've ever seen, and he get, loses out to some anonymous person. <laughs> you know. I never heard. I tell you what, Brian Kenny is probably aroused because we went this route. So, <laughs> anyway, wrong. yeah, I, it was a you know marketing genius again. That's that's for sure. Oh, by the way, in case anyone's wondering, uh, Kanye West received just under eight thousand votes in the state of Minnesota. So, let me say that I really let me say I was uh, I was shocked that uh, Biden won Minnesota that easy, considering as you guys pointed out. That everything outstate Minnesota almost is uh, is uh, red. So mm-hmm. I, I was really surprised it was that big a margin. Yeah. And our former colleague, the affable Jason Lewis, got his ass kicked. That bothered me a lot. 
What was the <laughs> what was the percentage on that? <laughs> I can tell. Still bugs you. Six, seven, I think. Six or seven percent. Okay. So. Yeah. All righty. <laughs> All right, Pat. Anyway, uh, we'll see. But, uh, Keep the we'll, faith, uh, Pat. Keep the faith. All right. We're going to turn I, around. I lost the faith. I know you did. I've regained a little faith. <laughs> I know you did. You <laughs> lost it big time. I might even go to church this Christmas. I'll be so happy. <laughs> Just don't drink. As long as you okay. didn't drink, that's fine. All right. I see did you. not drink. Good. I was tempted, but I did not drink. Good. All right. Good. All right. Bye. See you, Pat. That's our wrapping with Roycey every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. Is it not a good idea? What, to, to drink after 40 years of no, sobriety? No, that's a bad or? idea. Oh. The, the, the Levine Falvey ticket. I mean, they're highly educated. Thad's a funny guy. Well, I was going to say, I think their first step should be maybe before you go all in on politics, you should get in on polling. But I don't know if that's the business that no. you want to get into in 2020. Get out of no. no, polling's a waste <laughs> no. of time. It's nothing more than no. prognostications. No. All right, that's we got to go. That's a wrap on this show. And uh, I'm, I'm just rhyming everything here, apparently. So uh, check out Purple Daily for Judd's Kirk Cousins trade idea. That should be dropping here as we record this middle of the day on Wednesday. You should be able to find that this afternoon. Purple Daily Podcast, Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com. And uh, check out our two YouTube channels, youtube.com slash scorenorthmn and youtube.com slash purple daily podcast. See you guys tomorrow. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup. So you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.